Welcome to the August 10th edition of the PFF Forecast. I'm George. I'm uh, joined as normal by the uh, chairman of the Restore the Roar board, who apparently has not yet watched Hard Knocks, which is the first time in uh, the history of our friendship and the history of this podcast where I have watched something football related that Eric has not. And um, I don't even know how Do this you is feel possible. right I now. Bought... I mean, we, we've had this episode in American culture. I don't know, last five years or so. But I feel like a cult leader who hasn't actually attended the services. Uh, do you feel like, do you feel betrayed at all? Are you going to make excuses for me? Uh, how are we going to go about this? I just feel like for the first time we've uh, landed on your proper title, which is cult leader. <laughs> It's going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff. Let's rock. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about today, Eric, is the the syndicate. We, we're having to rename it because um, the name was tarnished by, uh, even though it was ironic and sarcastic, uh, in in many ways, it was also um, tarnished by one Simon Hunter. That's that, uh, that's like the whole crazy thing is that like the the you know the name was sarcastic, right? I don't mm-hmm. think anybody mm-hmm. believes that you and I are moving tens of although. Somebody did point out on the on the YouTube comments that I did have twenty grand in, in circulation for the, uh, the the draft and you know, but that's like nothing compared to an actual syndicate. Um, but it was is that how much I have on Trey Lance MVP? I don't know. I, I mean, who knows, George? But the thing that but uh, Detroit Lions futures for me. But the um, but like imagine how bad of a bastardization you you had to undergo to ruin a fake like tongue-in-cheek name mm-hmm. for our listeners mm-hmm. but simon hunter somehow did it so we have to um what's more impressive doing that or never having multi- uh, losing weeks uh two losing weeks in a row they're both impressive they're both, both impressive, impressive for sure um so let's we have a few uh, that are let's so save that for the end let's save that for the end because um okay, okay. we've got some we've got some good football stuff to talk about but before we we got on the podcast and this is just a we won't spend that much time on this so you can fast forward this if you want to get to the football stuff but we were talking about in intelligence and whether it's right you know right skewed uh, in the population or not right um and uh i have a question for you what is more um right skewed intelligence or looks oh so for our listeners who are not, you know, trained in statistics, right skewed means that right skewed means that the mean is greater than the median. Which, mm-hmm. Like, does that help? No. But no. what it means is that, like, basically, there are people who, you know, there are people who are so good at something that that they're off in the distance, you know. So, for example, like, uh, you know, income or wealth, like wealth is a better one. Wealth is right skewed because there are people with billions of dollars, but there aren't, you know, there are people with negative net worth, but it's not negative a billion dollars. So essentially you have the, those big, like, so if, if the 10 of us are sitting at a bar 
and our average net worth is 250,000 and Bill Gates sits down, the median net worth doesn't change, right? Because the mm -hmm. median is just the, the value of the average person, but the average, right, which is the average value changes substantially because he sits down, he's worth a, a few billion dollars and the, the, the average net worth of the group then goes well above a million in that case. And so basically like that, the, the presence of that individual is, is skewing the distribution, right? Where the average is more than yeah. the median. B basically, um, basically saying it's kind of top heavy, right? So like the, the, so, me the median is the person in the middle. I'll say like, so intelligence to me is not as right skewed as looks. And I'll say, and, and, and here's why. I know you tweeted about this, which is great because this is the talk about first times. This is the mm -hmm. first time I think both you and I opined on the same uh, non-sports related <laughs> piece of of public work. Mm -hmm. But like somebody like Malcolm Gladwell mm. is certainly more intelligent than the average person, right? I mm -hmm. think that that's fairly plain. I think he's actually a very talented writer. Uh, actually, I listened to that podcast because I was super curious as to how that silly thing about working from home came up. Mm -hmm. And and he briefly said, like when somebody, he, the, the, the host asked him what his job was. And he said, he like instinctively went to entertain. My job is to entertain. And then he stopped himself and says, in be insightful. And I'm like, yeah, I think you get it, actually. I think like internally you understand. Because I actually think he's extremely... I think his writing and his talking and all that stuff are extremely entertaining, entertaining. But, and, and I think if you're somebody like somebody like me, like I'm, I'm okay watching like superhero movies. I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Suspending disbelief. Like I'm not going to take what Mac Malcolm Gladwell says prescriptively or even descriptively sometimes, but I do find him entertaining knowing that the details are probably wrong. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And I think somebody like Gladwell or somebody like even say, like take Elon Musk or I mean, take Donald Trump or Brock. Like basically these people are very smart at one or two things, but globally you, you take them out of any sort of realm. Right. And they're, they flounder. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think anything multidimensional like that, just by definition, if we think about en ensembling and aggregating numbers, like they're going to regress to the mean. Right. If we just call it intelligence, whereas appearance like there's only I mean, I, I don't think about this that deeply, but like, there's only like one dimension of appearance. Right. For the most part, like, mm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's far harder. So if, if we if we graded appearance based upon like an ensemble of like, oh, their eyes are this way, their hair are this, mm -hmm, way, mm -hmm, you know, X, mm -hmm. Y and Z, then maybe like but somebody like I don't Glad know. Glad you I mentioned just, the you know, important things like eyes and hair there, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're trying to keep this PG. My dad listens to the show. Um, and my mom might too. I don't who knows. Um, the members of the 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 formerly known as the syndicate. Um, ankles, ankles are the really important ankles, one. Yeah, me. that's what I'm saying. So you know, so I I believe looks are more right skewed than intelligence. Okay. I, I don't even okay. think it's close. That's uh that's really interesting. By the way, I agree with you. Malcolm Gladwell is entertaining. And this actually not I would promise we get to the football. What Malcolm Gladwell understands is a classic thing in like marketing, which is you sell people what they want and then you give them what they need. He's selling them what they want, which is to be insightful. Like people want to believe when they read Malcolm Gladwell 
that they are becoming, they're gaining insight that's going to make them smarter, right? That they can go then, if they can understand it and they can go talk to people about it and they feel insightful. And then he's delivering them what they need, which isn't actually insight because <laughs> they're not going to do that much with the insight. Actually, it's, it's too complex. It's too much effort. He gives them entertainment and they go, beautiful. This is fantastic. Um, I, I am uh, inclined actually to disagree with you. And here's the okay. reason. In today's world, there are more people with a growth mindset around appearance. Are are you are you congratulating me for my weight loss? Is this yes. what, is this a roundabout way? Yes. Uh, this okay. is exactly what I'm doing. I, I right. you are you are a fantastic example of this uh, in some ways. Your growth mindset around fitness is phenomenal. But that is something that is more pervasive in the community um, than it is around being able to uh, exercise your brain. And so um, and there, then on top of that, people will spend their money to make themselves look better, whether it be cosmetic yeah. surgery or, you know, a fitness plan. People do not spend their money to increase their um you know their intelligence and their smarts so that's how i would bring uh, this back reason. though by the way and, and again i don't like we don't want to spend that much time on this but it does circle back <laughs> to something that we're this is a new bit by the way it, at pff um circling back to think about what we're, we're, you know where, where you're looking about like making great products for people and and all that very interesting right because i find myself sometimes gamifying getting smarter right so Oh, I got to finish this book, even though if the book is complete ass, you know, like you're better off just like not finishing it. Um, you know, if you're, you're oh, I got to finish this, you know, if you're if you're doing like something like Corsair or whatever, you're trying to learn a new a new topic or whatever. Oh, I got to finish this. And it's like you cut corners. You don't actually learn stuff. You know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm. we, we both saw this as teachers. It's interesting, right? Because we do we've gamified so much of life that. But then I also think to some extent, like you can gamify appearance on things like Instagram and TikTok and stuff because of the algorithms. So everything ends up being this sort of scoreboard. And that's why let's circle this back to the, the point of this podcast. That's why I like sports betting so much, right? Because sports betting is obviously a game, but it's a game with a scoreboard. And, you know, you obviously you can get lucky, but it, over the course of a long sample size, your P&L is whether or not you actually understand what's happening, right? There's no... There's no like, oh, you know, I, 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 you know, there, there's no like, there's no getting around it, right? So, right. like, I think that I don't know. I, you and I are both like kind of like, you know, in the search for authenticity. I think sports betting is sort of this, this realm where authenticity ends up bubbling up to the top better than some some places. And is also, people go to great lengths to hide, right, or or to be inauthentic. Um, it's not too dissimilar. Uh, I think about it a lot, like the investing retail investing market, where you know there are a lot of people out there that don't have a ton of uh, insight and want to believe numbers. You know, they want so they will listen to someone that says, "I've made, you know, my last ten stock picks have made me, you know, fifteen thousand percent of my investment. Why don't you come with me?" <laughs> you know, it's it's got a lot of that um, that flavor to it, but you quickly kind of learn that's that's not um, particularly the case. Um, where do you want to start from a football perspective? You haven't you haven't watched Hard Knocks yet. Um, I guess my question to you is: Do you need to watch Hard Knocks, or do you just need to scroll through your Twitter timeline at seven thirty Eastern on uh, 
Tuesday nights because so I went to the office today because I did the, the Chris Collinsworth podcast and, you know, um, our, my friend Dave Salfaro was there. He's the, he's the, I would say like the, the VP of restoring the roar. Mm. Um, and he was up in arms about how many quote blue checks were now all in on the lions. That's all the satisfaction I need, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is, you know, being, being early on this, uh, th- this is a big tent party. We, we allow, we allow all comers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I, I do want to watch it. I mean, I, but the thing is, is like my, my bear, my bullishness on the lions is both funny, but also fundamental. Like, I just think that the thing lands nicely for them. And we've seen it in the marketplace, right? Ultimately, you know, their win total has gone from six. Now you see it on DraftKings, six and a half minus one twenty to the over, mm-hmm. um, if it closes at seven and a half, then like in some ways we're already right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because yeah. it's it sort of moved in and we make the number 7.4. Like that's, you know, four to one to make the playoffs. I mean, we make it 27%, which is, which is less than that. Uh, you know, um, so I don't really need to, to watch it. I might watch it just for entertainment sake, but like, obviously, as you know, we don't have really the time right now where we're sort of working on a million things before the season. So it might just not be something I, I do, but I obviously want to go back and, and, and watch Dan Campbell, but we already knew Dan Campbell was funny. Like we already knew he was inspirational. We already like we, that that's in the data. Right. So I, I don't really necessarily believe I need to see it. Um, but I, I obviously, I think it's probably entertaining and compelling. I mean, let's just say, uh, uh, since you haven't watched it yet, I'll just say that I I'm thinking back to the hard knocks that I've watched. And I don't know that there has been a hard knocks that has been as singularly focused on one person, right? Like last year you had Dak, you had McCarthy, you had Zeke, you had, you know, you had, you had Micah Parsons, you had a lot of different people who were potentially interesting. Um, And like, it's, it's basically Dan Campbell, (laughs) you know, it's like, it was amazing how little they talked about Jared Goff. Um, Jamal Williams, you know, got some got some run there. I mean, I, I love Aiden Hutchinson as much as the next guy, but like his, you know, his story ain't the most compelling. Let's put it that right, way, right, right? right? It's like, you know, talking about like guy who's literally had everything break perfectly for the, you know, <laughs> for him is like, there's only so much that you can do there. Um, they, I think, you know, they made, there's a clip of him singing which uh, I think is probably the the highlight of the the whole thing uh, for him for the season. So, um, yeah, I you should watch it. Is my point. I'm not sure that I'm ready based on that to make any decisions one way or another um, on, on anything. But I don't know how you like you can't not love Dan Campbell because of this. And I just hope it works out for him because yeah, that's the thing. I think like. You know, we all talk about our like one times, you know, hey, this is my one. I'm going to use my one time here on like a an, an intentional safety or something in a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like I want to use my one time on please God, like like let Detroit beat Philly week one. And I think for your sake, you probably are rooting for Philly just because of how obnoxious and insufferable I'll be. But like, you know, you know, I, I do. Like I said, I think I think it's going to break well for them this year. I do believe that by the time we get to the season starting, it's going to be a lot like, and it's sad, but it'll be a lot like Washington last year where everybody's on them. And it's like, okay, now it's, you know, now we've gone too far type of thing. 
Um, but we're not talking about a team that's lined at eight and a half wins. We're talking about a team that's lined at six and a half wins. And the market numbers are really low on a team that has so much, like they, they literally don't go West of Minnesota all year. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so what, you know, they, they don't play afternoon central the entire season. It's, it's, a uh, it's lined up nicely for them. Uh, things are, but yeah, you know, obviously things are sound like a bus fire out of bears camp. We'll talk about Roquan Smith. Uh, Vikings camp actually sounds fairly functional, which is good uh, for them. Green Bay is Green Bay. So the division might not be super easy, but you do have the bears being terrible. Um, the whole NFC sucks though. Like tell me the seventh best, tell me, a, find me seven good NFC teams and I'll, I'll call you a liar. You know what I mean? So uh, and that includes Detroit. Um, so I, that that's just kind of my take. And it's setting up nicely for them. Yeah, I'm glad that you're reading into training camp so much. Training camp sounds functional. It's going to be a tough division. <laughs> These guys well, figured out how to okay. show up to summer camp. Yeah, but like, well, let's read. Let's talk about, though, the one big one, though, because this, but, I yeah. think, is a is important. What about Roquan Smith? So Smith is the linebacker for the Bears who was drafted eighth overall. I think that there's a couple teachable moments here from an analytics perspective about, uh, you know, now that he is essentially, he was holding in, claimed he was injured a little bit. Now he's healthy. So they took him off the PUP. If he doesn't show up, he's going to, so he hadn't been there, mm-hmm. they were, but they didn't have to find him because he was on the physically unable to perform list. Now they took him off the physically unable to perform list because he passed a physical if he if he shows up and doesn't practice, everything's fine. If he doesn't show up, he's going to get fined forty thousand dollars a day, which is a lot of money, even for the eighth overall pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I did this you know tweet thread the other day where I essentially said, okay, let's look at Eberflus's linebackers and how they've evolved over time. You want to look up the Sloan paper uh, where we you know go over how to like measure how well a player reacts and doesn't react to play action, and. You know, you saw Bob, you know, uh, uh, Shaquille Leonard previously called Darius Leonard and Bobby Okirike previously called Bobby Okariki. Um, You know, they over time, you saw them in the Eberflus defense retreat on play action every single year, more and more Mm -hmm. and do the same thing in the run game. So they were not flowing. They, They were literally taught to sort of like just not flow on anything. And that was, you know, and, and the Colts defense was a pretty solid unit as a result, uh, even though they didn't have great talent in the secondary or even, frankly, up front after DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you look at Roquan Smith's data, and it's just not like that. It doesn't have those characteristics. He's a bad run defender. Um, he had a negative war. He, he was so bad as a run defender last year, they had negative war. And in pass coverage, you know, he makes some pretty good plays, but he also gives up a lot, as the the tracking data shows, because of the play-action stuff. Um as a result, you know, play action passes against the Colts average 1.5 less yards per, per, per pass play um, than the Bears. And, and I think, you know, even though, you know, the numbers, you know, individually are not necessarily bad, you know, as far as like yards against and all that kind of stuff for Roquan Smith, the defense struggled as a result. He wants reportedly the highest contract in the history of off-the-ball linebackers. And... We know that off the ball linebacker play is very much like running back where, especially against the run, it depends upon who's good in front of you. And if there's anything that I'll take from this off season and this training camp is there are not good players in front of Roquan Smith. So they're in a stuck, they're in a tough spot, right? Because, you know, a lot of fans, Bears fans come after you when you suggest that it's maybe okay for them to move on. 
um, because he's such a cornerstone player. He's a high draft pick is also something I want to chat with you about. Yeah. It's interesting that I'm trying to figure out the incentives here, and I don't think it's that challenging. So how much I, – I think all the things you just said he's looking at and he's going, players in front of me aren't very good. My coach doesn't really like the way I play football. Um, and this team is going to suck. Uh, they're also going to be a team, by the way, Eric, if they suck – that means they're going to be down. That means the other team is going to be doing what? They're going to be running the football. So I wonder if he, maybe not he himself, but maybe his team, his agents are looking at this and going, well, we got to go somewhere else or, or we're not getting a second contract, right? Because if this season goes the wrong way, you know, this is a new regime. They didn't draft Roquan Smith. Like right now, and this is actually, I think maybe our conversation will dovetail here. Right now, we can ride the fact that he was a top pick. When a top pick does not get picked up, that all of a sudden kind of, you know, it's it, there's a real souring there, right? Yep. So I really think that this is a play, you know, the, the top deal of all off-ball off linebackers, give me a freaking break. I mean, are you on what, what kind of, you know, uh, crack cocaine or you smoke you know are you on right like it shows what i know that i don't know what you do with crack cocaine when you <laughs> smoke it or snort it or whatever good actually I'm, I'm, I'm happy frankly yeah thanks um you melt it in a spoon i'm not totally sure that's I, I think it's what you do with an off-ball linebacker no, that's you what you do with an off-ball linebacker yeah, yeah yeah actually that's what um uh aaron Rodgers. i, I heard found self-love by smoking off-ball linebackers like rocon smith well um can yeah. <laughs> Jeez. We haven't talked about Rogers, you know, psychedelics, but, but maybe that's for a different episode. Maybe that's for when the season slows down. A we little can, bit. we can talk about it. What's your take on that? We haven't really dived into this topic. Yeah. Let's just like, let's finish the, the Roquan Smith okay. thing for one second. Okay. So when you look at off ball linebacker contracts, you have Shaquille Leonard, Fred Warner, APY, CJ Mosley, your guy, Foyer Aluakon. Deion Jones, Shaq Thompson, Jerome Baker, Levante David, Zach Cunningham. It's not a lot of good defenses there, right? And, and mm-hmm. you know, two mm-hmm. ones that have so far worked out, Shaquille Leonard and Fred Warner, Leonard's hurt, might not play this year, right? And Warner is, you know, great. I think but you're, the hit rate there is not very high um, as far as, like, good players making great defenses, and but the problem is again when you take a, a, a player at a non-premium position high, you ultimately end up having you make two decisions. In the best case scenario, you make a decision to draft him high, and so he's already one of the more highly paid players at the position. Roquan Smith is already in the top 25 or so in terms of you know, so for example, the Vikings got Jordan Hicks at five million a year, starting caliber linebacker. Roquan Smith makes four point six uh as a as a um, a former first round pick, uh, and so that that's the sticky wicket that you get with with you draft non premium positions high, then you end up having to overpay those non premium positions because uh, of the way the market is. If the guy works out, and of course you're going to want the pat on the back. Now he's not one of polls as draft picks, but like the organization kind of wants a pat on the back. So it, it's a really tough one there. Um, and that's even if he's as good as advertised, which I will contend, I think Roquan Smith is an okay linebacker, um, but not a great one. And so the bears, by the way, 
this season have 18 million in cap space. So they can certainly do this. 57 million in dead money. 57.7. Next year, they have a league high 91.8 effective cap space for 45 players on contract. So they're they're gearing up. I think the, mm-hmm. the issue is that this is a clear sign to me that the Bears this season might not even be trying to win. And do you want to waste essentially another year of Roquan Smith's deal when you know that linebacker, maybe not as drastic as running back, but is a position where with every passing year, the guy atrophies a certain amount. I think that that's all. And I think the fact that they have this cap space and they're not using it on Roquan is telling. I think it it, it's, it means that they're sort of thinking this through. And, you know, Eberflus comes from an organization where Chris Ballard, I think, is really good at evaluating players, but is not very good at sort of like drafting the players who are at premium positions, right? Like a lot of the high picks for them that work, you know, Quentin Nelson, Leonard, um, guys like that have all been at non-premium positions. And that roster is stuck with a lot of highly paid players at non-premium positions and can't get over the hump. And I think maybe there's some learning there from Eberflus's last stop. Um, with respect to Rogers, I don't, you just think that, I mean, my, my brother in Christ just needs to like find himself a little bit. Right. And like, I mean, he's so good at football and, you know, he still hasn't, he hasn't won the ultimate, you know, prize for a long time. He did win it once. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you just think it's sort of a guy that's like acting out because he's not necessarily achieving all the things you want like you know what i mean like i just it to me it's just one of those it's like yeah man we're happy for you like if that's how you get your rocks off good for you but it's like the guy's just trying too hard i feel um so okay i i said this about the tattoo people wanted to jump on him for the tattoo and the funniest joke, by the way, that I've heard is, it, I think it was a part of my take, guys, said that uh, PFT commenter said his tattoo is what the inside of Kyrie Irving's head looks like, which <laughs> I thought was phenomenal. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, like, I think it's, I think he, I think he's bringing up a really important point, which is, you know, being honest with yourself, accepting who you are being able to love yourself, all those things are like, that's really important. And I'm glad he's talking about it. And I think we can both accept as, as men, that's not always the easiest thing to talk about. The thing that I will just point out is I don't want, I don't think it's necessary to like, you know, prescribe potentially, you know, the things that, that are needed to do that, that might not, might be a little misleading, right? It's kind of, I would say, sort of like saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, you know, uh, I don't want to get COVID Here, here's the way that you should avoid getting it. <laughs> and, you know, here's my, my take on it. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I do each his own, do whatever you got to do, you know, to, to be a happy and, and healthy you. For me, the thing that I just, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the, like, um, that kind of movement there. Um, because I, I don't know, I, I, I think that there's a lot of, that which does take advantage of people. Um, you know, there's a lot of like this kind of alternative medicine sort of thing that is not good for a lot of people who, as we talked about in the beginning, like people that don't have the wherewithal to kind of understand what they're getting into costs them a lot of money. 
Um, you know, the, the, a lot of people in this, this space are very wealthy because of this. And that's the part that rubs me the wrong way. It has nothing to do with like taking psychedelics or like doing any of that stuff. I think it's kind of the other shit that's kind of tied to it, which um, I, I'm not a huge fan of, but it does. I mean, I, I don't think there it's wrong to say, and, and you tell me how you feel about this. I don't think it's wrong to say that like his ability to accept a new offense to play within it, to maybe play freely when he's under such a ton of scrutiny. I mean, the guy is, you know, as much as as famous as Tom Brady is, like Aaron Rodgers is under a ridiculous amount of scrutiny. Green Bay Packers are like, you know, such a big team that um, that being able to kind of uh, not worry about those things and whether it took psychedelics or not had an impact. And like, mm-hmm. it's not like some, is that a performance enhancing drug? Like, you know, people like talking about drug testing and stuff like this. Like my question to you is like, is this something, would you expect, you know, this type of thing to be like banned? <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's a legit question. I mean, you know, like, oh, everyone worries about the physical stuff. Like, are you taking steroids? Well, well like mental, m- the mental side of things is really freaking important. And like, there's no reason to believe that being in a better mental state wouldn't help you play well. I think your point, by the way, about like alternative medicine is important, right? Because we're, we're a stats you know, uh, you know, we, we use statistics, we use reasoning and stuff. Like the fact of the matter is, is I agree. Like this shouldn't be prescriptive for other people. If you're in a funk at work, don't go taking LSD to like get better because, you know, a lot of this is, you know, I'm at a low point. I take this and by simple regret, like, you know, all like the homeopathic stuff, it's sort of like my arm has never felt worse. Okay, from a statistical standpoint, if you do nothing, right, regression alone makes your arm feel better, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. unless something's like truly like, you know, in, in most cases, regression is going to do that. And then you're going to go back. And, and again, this is like when you talk about football and stuff, and I, you know, we talk about coaches and, and I want to get to this point in a second. It, it means don't give credit necessarily to, oh, this new coach made this quarterback so great. It's like, well, if the quarterback just had the worst season he's ever had in his life and you give him a chance to play again, that means he's at least good enough, right, to to warrant that. And so it's why, like, batting averages, you know, like they regress to the mean, right? Because if Nick Punto hits 210 and you put him in the lineup again, there's a signal there that he's at least a good enough player to, on average, hit like 220. And generally speaking, he'll hit like 225 just – out of regression alone right and so with Rodgers it's like he was good and very good like MVP good and he had hit a skid in his career and 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 probably there's probably something associated with him where he needed to believe in himself again and if this was the thing that unlocked the belief in himself then great but I don't think the actual act of like taking the psychedelic actually actually was the reason I think it was just like it, it it got out of the way so that regression, and when I say regression here, I mean mean reversion. I mean back to what Rodgers is capable of. It, it gets out of the way and allows for mean reversion to occur, right? And so that's I think the you know the lesson with with these kind of things. And one thing you always have to think about when somebody's like, "Oh my gosh, what happened here?" The momentum is now on the side of the Bears. It's like, well, my brother in Christ, the Bears gave up twenty four unanswered points to start the game. Like, what did you expect to have happen? You know, like these things were like. What goes up must come down. It's like a fairly, fairly like reasonable uh, axiom for life. And so, you know, you're attributing something that's probably random to to something fundamental. And, and that can obviously get you in trouble. 
Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I am a, I'm the type of person, you know this, where I, I like re really try not to spend a lot of money even on my fitness, which I take very seriously. But like my kind of point is like, I shouldn't have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to achieve the, the things I want. And so when I hear something like, you know, oh, find like self-love and stuff, like my mind goes to like, I don't, I shouldn't have to pay money for that. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, it, that to me, I think is the wrong way to go about things. And I'm not going to get into, you know, mindfulness or meditation or talking to friends and family or any of that stuff, like do what you got to do. But I, I would just kind of hypothesize like before you go try a bunch of stuff that is going to cost you a lot of money, like take a beat and see what options are there that that don't require that. I don't know if that's a message, by the way, that the former syndicate needs. Probably not. Everyone here uh, gets it. But um, no, it's it's worth talking about those things. I will say this. I don't know how Rogers is receiving some of this feedback. You know, I'm sure he's getting a lot of positive feedback from the community, but I wonder if he's getting some of this negative blowback and maybe that motivates him a little bit. So I don't know if there's a little edge there you can find. He comes out firing. Um, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't totally surprise me if uh, I played full chip because he's doing a lot of media this, you know, this off season, he obviously did a lot of things last year that, that people weren't super stoked on. Yeah. And, and if he needs that motivation, then that's great. And I think that like, to your point about spending money and stuff, it's like some people spend money on a gym membership so that they'll be motivated to go because they hate the loss aversion is so important for them. You know what I mean? So it, it's so weird how our brains work and it's, and it's and and I think this is an important lesson as we sort of get into the season. We talk about sports betting and and we talk about trying to understand football better and you know trying to understand football authentically and you know genuinely versus you know sort of faking it and hanging on to takes and stuff. It's like you you have to think about the order of events. You have to think about possibly thinking about the different ordering that can actually happen versus your perception of things. Right. So. Mm -hmm. um, that's you know I, I think about like you know it was one of like the kevin o'connell like coach of the year thing it's like do i think kevin o'connell is fundamental to the to the vikings winning 11 games maybe but i also think that they were capable of winning 11 games the last two years and things just went pear-shaped like mm -hmm. so you know i i actually think that he's coming onto a team that has 11 win potential but he might get all the credit for it because people think that that because his insertion onto the team came before those 11 wins actually happened that he's causal. You know what I mean? And then mm -hmm, that, yeah. that, that is, and when you think about sports betting, you have to think about it that way, right? You have to think about, um, you know, the order of operations, how that'll influence your predictions. And, and that I think allows you to specify the probabilities better. I think it's a good point. Um, before we move onward, uh, if you are looking for a good way to engage in football already, maybe your fantasy draft hasn't started yet, you should go to Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code PFF. Underdog Fantasy is best ball fantasy. It means you draft once. You never have to worry about your team. The best players, high scores play every week. And you can win huge cash prizes for not a ton of money invested. Um, deposit 100 bucks, uh, up to 100 bucks. Use promo code PFF and get that entire thing matched. Plus, if you go in there and you uh, play 10 of those dollars, you will actually get... Uh, with promo code PFF, as you mentioned, you will get a free PFF subscription, which gives you access to all of PFF. It's an amazing deal. So go make that happen and get yourself set up for the NFL season. Get all the access that you need at PFF to make the right decisions for your fantasy draft, for betting, or just if you are trying to be the smartest fan you possibly can. 
this is the place to be, I would mention. Birdie tells me there's some new stuff coming out, so you might want to go check it out. Um, where do you want to go next? Because there's some things that maybe we could run through from an injury standpoint um, around Matt Stafford's elbow, Jameis Winston, our guy, ankle, tweaked ankle and foot. Any of those that you are you know, worried about more than the other? Yeah, I, I think that I am worried about Stafford. Um, and I know that the members of Not the again. named group of listeners will will say, oh, you just hate the Rams. Like, I don't. Mm -hmm. The Ramley. Yeah, yeah the Ramley. Uh, you do. You just hate them. <laughs> we are Ramley. Um, but, right, Stafford has not. I mean, this is this is not a player who has gotten through that many consecutive seasons unscathed, right? Uh, Detroit 09 is rookie year. He missed a lot of time. 2010, he missed a lot of time. Um, you know, he, he played through a broken thumb in 2011 to uh, took the team to the playoffs, the, uh, the Lions. Um, you know, 2016, he, he faded down the stretch because of a thumb injury, even though he took a team to the play. Like, I mean, this is a very tough guy, right? Had a mm -hmm. broken back basically, what, like two years ago? Mm -hmm. um, 2019, he missed the second half of the season. Is this going to be something that lingers for the rest of the year, right? And, and, I also, you know, the Rams, to their credit, have one of the best, like, sports science, you know, uh, injury prevention things. And, you know, I think for soft tissue injuries, that certainly matters. Elbows are, I mean, like, the only thing that sort of, like, cures them is rest, right? Rest, and yeah. can they be or, or sharp surgery, like if God. Stafford's never practicing is a good question. We know he's not playing in the preseason. The Rams have never played anybody in the preseason. So there's that. I think it's a little early to be worried about Matt Stafford, um, especially in the NFC. Like, let's be let's be real here. I'm not super concerned about that. Uh, I'm actually more concerned about Sheamus. He needs to have kind of a clean season, right? He was injured last year, didn't get those reps. He needs those reps. Like, it's gotten to the point where Jameis is not, he's not spring chicken anymore. And I know it's fun to like love Jameis Winston. I, I believe that Jameis Winston has a shot to be like a top half of the NFL starter. And this is a big year, man. If he doesn't come through, I, you know, I, I think there are going to be people that are going to have a hard time giving Jameis Winston a shot. However, if he does, I think there'll be a lot of teams that are really interested in him because as we talked about before, like that number one overall pick pedigree, um, and the guy has, you know, phenomenal talent. So it's kind of a, a make or break it thing. Whereas with Stafford, it's like, I'm not really worried that I don't, the division isn't as strong as it was before. Uh, the NFC kind of stinks. And, you know, I, I think McVay is just going to, you know, let him, uh, let him get the requisite amount of rest. And he's got a ton of talent on the team. So I'm actually more worried about, about our guy, Yamas. Yeah. And the Saints are certainly in a position very similar to that, a probably better position than Detroit, where, you're in a you're in a division where you know it's very likely at least one or two teams are going to stink. Um, you have a former number one overall pick quarterback. Now the Saints' defense is a lot better than the Lions' defense, and you know, but but there's a lot of projection to make on that offense. Uh, you know, without Teron Armstead, how are they going to do? Um, you know, Michael Thomas when he comes back, is he going to be as good as he was before? Because uh, you know, at what he did, he was one of the best receivers in the league. Can Chris Olave play well? Can can Jarvis Landry? Uh, turn back the clock a little bit and play, you know, good football. Can Alvin, like how often, how long is Alvin Kamara going to be suspended? There's a number of question marks 
that I think become less vital to this team if Jameis Winston is as good as I think you and I believe he can be, right? With a very mm-hmm. efficient passer. And last year when using play action, I mean, he was really good. I know that that can be noisy, but, you know, in Tampa Bay, they never really helped him, right? They He had great receivers, but they didn't do a ton of stuff that sort of was quarterback cheat code for Jameis. They, they put Jameis out there and they let him sink or swim. And, you know, to his credit, he was very efficient when he wasn't th- turning the ball over. And last year he was very efficient and didn't turn the ball over um, before he got injured. They were five and two when he started games. So um, yeah, I think if he's healthy, it, it's going to be a very, very, you know, I think the saints are probably the favorites to get that, that six or seventh playoff spot in the NFC, because if he's healthy, I think he'll play well. I agree. And he's got more weapons there. Lave now they, they drafted him. Um, Michael Thomas apparently having an amazing camp, whatever that means. Um, so you know, uh, prayers, prayers, and thoughts for our guy Giannis. Uh, we've got a little bit of time uh, here left before we get to alternate names for the syndicate as we try to to figure things out. And this is a good this is a good question. So um, you tweeted out uh, a nice graph of Josh Allen and what his wins above replacement look like for the first two years of his career. Uh, add those together. You don't even get uh, anywhere close what he was worth just in his third year. And he was basically matching that uh, in his in his uh, season last year at about 3.6 uh, wins above replacement each of the last two seasons. Uh, under one, by the way, uh, or just, just over under? Can't read correctly. Just under one win above replacement is two first two years combined. And so the question is, is this, why not blank? Insert your favorite quarterback that hasn't done it yet. Why not them? So let's start. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the question, why not blank? Let's start with Tua. Tua has not been particularly great each of his first couple of seasons. Why not Tua? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a few of us got in a uh, Robbie Greer who write writes for PFF uh, has written for us for the times called, you know, Josh Allen, a black swan. I think some people said, Oh, that's a little bit too heavy, but I actually think that in this day and age, he does represent like a very singular point as far as ascension. And like, that's my, my whole point. Like the existence of Josh Allen doesn't make it any more likely for pay- players like Tua Tunga Vailoa. Right. Um, I think specifically for this year, it's just not the same, right? You know, uh, Josh Allen had Dable and got Stephon Diggs and, you know, but the, but Dable had, had come a little earlier. Right. And, you know, that Buffalo team was very well constructed prior to Allen. Allen also had the sort of intangible things going for him prior to his accuracy starting to improve. And his accuracy actually got better in year two. Like you look at his war it had basically tripled, you know, uh, from year one to year two, he had gotten better. So there was some markings in his data. So the, and, and again, he was good at running. He, he apparently had, you know, the, the backing of his whole team, not saying that Tua doesn't have some of these things, but you know, Allen had kind of like everything, but being able to throw the ball accurate. And so accurately. And whereas I think with Tua, like Tua ha- can throw the ball accurately. He just hasn't had any of the other things. And, and namely, he doesn't have the physical stature. I mean, for Josh Allen to be Josh Allen, he's got to be Josh Allen, right? Like, he's got to be the freaking Hulk 
of a guy who could run through people, you know, get up and never somehow never get hurt. Um, he has to have the cannon of an arm and he has to give zero fucks in the pocket, which he does like, you know, does Tua have any of those traits? I know he was great at Alabama, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't, I don't see any of the markings of Josh Allen and Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, in my opinion, they're they're polar opposites from everything, but in outcomes, a very very high level outcomes perspective, which is, oh, their outcomes weren't very good. <laughs> you know, everything else is totally different. And and Timo did this research. Timo Riske. Um, PFF underscore Moo did this research where, you know, we looked at things that were like more predictive of, you know, early career players than being good later on. And some things like big time throw rate is a good example where that is, you know, that is an early indicator that the guy has a chance. It's it's something that's unstable, but at least it's an it's a marker that if it's there, you know, the guy has a better chance of ultimately, you know figuring it out. And I think that resonates. Like everyone, I think that's how people pick things in life, right? They go like, can I see this glimmer of something that if I can get more of that and less of the bad stuff, I'm in really good shape. For Tua, it's like, even if he gets rid of some of the bad stuff, which is some of the just like harebrained throws, he's still, he's still like a a pretty average quarterback. You know, he doesn't have any of the, the physical talents that Josh Allen does. And I'll say this about Josh Allen as well. He has not underrated, but his rushing ability is something that the Bills use and use well, and it it kills teams. And it's kind of like, you know, you look at like Lamar Jackson and what he does to defenses because of his running, which is, you know, tie them in knots. Josh Allen is not Lamar Jackson, but Josh Allen also has, you know, has 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 a better arm. Than, than Lamar Jackson does and is able to kind of take advantage of those things. So um, yeah, those are things that Tua doesn't have. Like I'm not, you know, I, you can run the read option with Tua if you want, but you're not changing your defense dramatically because of that. Like he's not scaring you to death there. So I would say why not Tua because he's not even close to Josh Allen. Um, okay, next one uh, that I have for you is not someone that's played in the league for two years, um, they've been in it for a little bit longer. Uh, the question here is, why not Mitch Trubisky? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we just have more other, information. Other than what this, we've seen right? in The camp, more information other than that we have, the camp. more confident we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then, then here's my question. Where is the cutoff? Because Josh Allen had two bad years. Where is that? Is is two years the cutoff? Is it like, look, I've seen 700 dropbacks of this guy or 800 dropbacks of this guy. Like, I'm out, you know? But, well, but the other thing about Trubisky is like, Trubisky's a good runner, but he's not a Josh Allen good runner. Like, mm-hmm. he's gotten hurt a number of times. And like, the big part about the Josh Allen thing is like, I think he's just sturdier when he runs the, to the point where the Bears. Right, the Bears ran Trubisky a lot in 18, and they were very effective offensively. And 19, he got injured against the Vikings in week four, and they're like, they kind of never ran him again. And so they tried to make him into a quote, real quarterback, and he was just so bad. You know, Trubisky had what three, three full years more or less as a starter. I don't know what the cutoff I I think the point of Josh Allen is like, I don't know if you it, like, I think two years, 99% of the time is probably enough, right, to know. Um, you know, 
But for me, Trubisky is you have information on him. He's going to an offense that I think the receivers are okay, but the offensive line's terrible. And I'm not sure Matt Canada is the best offensive coordinator in the world. Uh, tough division, tough schedule. Um, defense isn't going to be as good. So he's not going to have the conditions he had in Chicago. Conditions, by the way, Buffalo's defense gave, gave Allen in the year that he broke out. So that's why not for me. I also just don't think he has like the physical tools. I don't think he has the arm Allen has. I don't think he has the the guts that Allen had. Like uh -oh. Allen, one of the reasons he was not good in the years one and two is he took chances, right? Like mm -hmm. Trubisky, you know, there's that famous like his first start against Green Bay in 18 or 19 where like Trey Burton's wide open in the end zone. Oh, the screenshot. In the same like freaking zip code as him and he just won't throw yeah. it, you know. Can those things improve? Sure. I'm not betting on them to. Okay. Why not Drew Locke? I actually think Drew Locke. Uh-oh. Well, Here Drew we Locke's go. the closest to Josh Allen of any of these guys, right? As far as clip not it. ability. Clip it. Not like... Clip this. Put it on social media. I oh, want God. it. I need it. <laughs> no, I mean. I don't, who, whoever's listening right now, do the Lord's work. Go to YouTube. <laughs> clip that. No context whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no tweet context. it out at me. I'll have the PFF account retweet it. We need to get that out in the open. <laughs> like Locke has a great arm. He's like a cool guy. It feels like, you know, like oh my God. Uh, teammates like him. The running ability we saw against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? In mm. the in the in the season uh, finale last year, in a game that the Broncos gave the Chiefs a game. Uh he ran for like what two touchdowns. He yeah. He has, like I said, he has the arm. He also gives maybe about as many fucks as Josh Allen gives. Like, maybe. Um, here's the difference, though, and why I don't think it's going to happen. Seattle is no Buffalo. No. It's like Seattle, Seattle, like, went out of their way to not develop Russell Wilson. And whereas Buffalo seems like put all of their faculties, which, you know, we, we're very pro Buffalo on the show with, you know, McDermott and and Bean and you know Dennis Locke and guys like that and you know in the building, like Buffalo put all their faculties into Josh Allen and mm. and, and and good for that that it was the right thing to do. I think I think like Seattle's still trying to own the libs by drafting six six corners, you know, and and, yeah. and making those guys great. I love that. I love that you think he's the closest to Josh Allen. That's great. Okay, let's keep going. Why not Daniel Jones? We have three years on Jones. He had some injuries. He does have athleticism, which is great. The arm isn't as good as Allen. Great. I don't think than that's his uh, the gumption. Is, like, oh, he's got gumption. Turns it over a lot. That's a Josh Allen thing. If you get rid of the turnovers, you know, you can you can be something. Yeah. I think it's this simple. The the big time. Throws are not there. Yeah, he doesn't. He they, doesn't. They, they, he doesn't try to fit in. Like his rookie year, he but was they actually weren't. more aggressive than he is now. It seems like he has. Yeah, but you, know, you remember Nick Foles when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, kind of you know is sort of better when he didn't know any better, right? When right. he just goes in there and he runs uh, our our pal Chip Kelly's offense, and he's like you know from Forty Nineers legend Chip Kelly, uh, mm -hmm. his offense, and he just doesn't know any better. Throws twenty seven touchdowns, two picks. He goes to St. Louis. And he's like, oh man, you know, uh, I, I really need to play. I really need to play really well to justify this trade. And he was like the, the most noodle armed, like kind of uh, unaggressive, uninspiring quarterback I've ever seen. Right. One of the worst, you know, 
Nick Foles of St. Louis was one of the worst. And like that kind of reminds me of who Daniel Jones has been the last few years, which yep. is like, you know, his turnover worthy plays have gone from 31 to 17 to 12. Big time throws have gone from 20 to 24 to seven last year. Right. And, and some of that is some of his guys not getting open, but this team gave him talent. Do you think like some Galladay, of that? But Galladay is one of those receivers that needs a Stafford at quarterback, needs a, a Josh Allen at quarterback. Yeah, um, okay. The guy so here, is willing to here's throw the, the interesting thing, though. His and coach he's is not. So Galladay sucked in New York so far. Um, so that to me is it just the mentality of not wanting to throw. I mean, the guy, had, my brother in Christ, had one big time throw after week four last year. The, I mean, he's getting Josh Allen's former coach. Uh, that's so that's notable. Um, the other thing that I think it, it maybe is less about Josh Allen and, and more similar maybe to a guy like Ryan Tannehill who had Adam Gase and then went to Tennessee and got a better uh, offensive environment. Um, you know, going from Joe Judge, like going from Joe Judge's, you know, your offensive coordinator to literally anything, like a magic eight ball would really help you. Um, and so so I agree with you that I, I think there's, there's a chance. A, there's a chance. I'm not saying it's the best chance. He doesn't have anywhere near the arm talent that um, Josh Allen does, but I would say Daniel Jones has a chance to be like poor man's Josh Allen in this, in this regard. Um, last. So I'm not going to ask about Baker or Sam Donald or any of those guys. Cause that's just not interesting. We've talked about this bunch, but why not? And, and this, we haven't even seen the guy play in the NFL yet, but has been inaccurate. And we have reports out of camper that he's been inaccurate. The person that I think has the best chance to do a Josh Allen is a guy that we haven't even seen whether he's good or not at the start yet, and that's Trey Lance. I mean, the answer to Trey Lance, why not, is I don't know. Like, the Trey, Lan the Trey Lance one makes a ton of sense to me, right? You have big physical kid, um, had some injuries last year, but, you know, Allen got injured as a rookie. I, I When I think of Josh Allen just being sturdy, what I mean is, like, he – he runs like Thick. he should be injured more than he is based upon his style of play at running the mm -hmm. football. And he's not yeah. um, Lance Lance has that ability as a running the football ability, which increases your floor. He has a cannon for an arm. Um, he's raw. Like the, 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 the thing with Allen is Allen was just like never productive at any level of football for basically ever mm -hmm. Relative to like expectations and stuff, and I know Wyoming has bad weather and so forth, so you could you know adjust. No, for that. he was but really he was really good the his um sophomore year. If you added it all up, he was really good, but he was still inaccurate, right? He was still the the thing that we all looked at and said. I I drafted Josh Allen in our PFF like redraft league after his sophomore year. I deserve you know I deserve a retroactive pat on the oh, back. Oh, sure, like this. if. You deserve what I deserve if the Lions make the playoffs. That's um, similar. Yeah. The you already deserve that. But Lance, so Lance played in North Dakota State. He what was it like two dozen? He played like two dozen snaps when trailing in 2019. And then he played one game in 2020, played two games in 2021. I think that the difference, and this so I'll say this. I've already bet on Lance to win MVP. So I think that there's significant upside here. I don't want to miss on a toolsy quarterback in a great situation. And that's what Lance is. Like, I, I know I made Shanahan the fourth best play caller in football. I think Shanahan's great, right? He's in a great situation. A defense that's pretty damn good. So he's going to give him good game scripts. And um, 
So there, there's all the markers there for sure. Like that, right? Lance is the closest comparable other than Drew Locke, except for Drew Locke. Um, but the one thing that I will say that's different is that Josh Allen played through it. Mm-hmm. Right? So Allen in the lead up to being great played a lot of downs of being bad. Whereas Lance has not really played that much okay. for two years. I think that's maybe the difference. So maybe I'm making a case for Lance like two years from now. Okay. But less of a case for him this year. Yep. I'm with you. All right. Let's let's run through some suggestions for uh the change of the name from our fans, our members of the the listenership. Been called the syndicate for those that are new. I think this started when uh, Eric and I went all in on uh, the Justin Fields at three syndicate, which turned into the anyone but Mac Jones at three syndicate. And thankfully that that hit um, and is kind of a uh, ironic, um, you know, uh, betting term. We're not actually a syndicate. People throw that term around probably too loosely. And it's been thrown around so loosely by some in the space that we just don't feel we can even use it anymore. It's been tarnished. So, uh, yeah, I, what, um, by the way, we love your tweets. Um, I did, here's just, if you do a Google search of like PFF underscore Eric, PFF underscore George and syndicate, you get stuff like, Hey, I have a PhD in mechanical engineering and I can't figure out what the minions movie is about. We love, I, I love you when the listeners talk to us mm-hmm. on Twitter. So just keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think so. The one, one person that you responded to Mikey Likey says the new name for the syndicate, the backdoor. Ban- we're not doing the backdoor bandits here. That is not, that is not, we, and additionally, we're not doing the forecast BICs. So we're just eliminating those two off the bat, but we do see you, AJ and Mikey Likey. We do listen to you. We're not ignoring you. We're just not taking your advice in this one situation. Yep. I'm in agreement there. We also have, so my, we have the cleavers, which I do kind of like. And somebody said the Cleaver Eager, which like that reminds me of when I was a kid and like the kids called me, you know, the kids made fun of me and called me Eager Beaver, right? There's a little bit of like that kind of thing going on. Um, Cleaver does have legs, I think, though. I No. Okay. No, we, we need to get something that doesn't have doesn't sound like something else that's weird uh, because it can eventually be co-opted into something else weird right like that's the problem we need this name we need this name to be uniquely our listeners yeah yeah i agree we have to yeah we have to i mean you know like but the problem is is like and and credit to these people i don't know if these people are joking I can assure the listeners that ours are, but there's a gentleman, by the way, who has a Twitter handle called Sports BK Consig, who goes by Sportsbook Consigliere. Hmm. Like I, the problem with this new this new name for our listeners is I feel like there are a bunch of people who are a bit who don't aren't trying to be. Mm-hmm. And I think the sportsbook consigliere is one of them too. Yeah, I don't. That one's 
not it doesn't roll off the tongue you know it's not uh it needs to be one word i think right mm-hmm. maybe, well maybe not it could be multiple words but it has to it, it has to roll off the tongue sportsbook consigliere is like 40 syllables so hmm. okay let's keep going i, I... Yeah, so Cleaver, yeah, that's basically been all of the the suggestions we've gotten so uh, far. Do I do think we that. have another one on the YouTube here that I gotta look up that that I thought was decent. Um, um let me let me quickly get there here. Um, but yeah, I I it, it's I do think you know we you know maybe this is more of a call for the listeners to just give us more ideas because that's what we so need. far we've gotten some ideas. You know, I think that I, I an A for effort out of out of a lot of you, but we we maybe have to go back to the drawing board. Yes, I I agree. I think we just need to continue to be patient, take what the defense gives us. Um, there there was something that I thought about with regard to cult that was interesting. Um, well, so is there a way to like take the word Illuminati and make it a betting thing? Hmm. Interesting. Parleonati. No, that's bad. See, look, no. we're th- this is this is where this no. is this is my like my theory of Malcolm Gladwell. Like, it, even if we are smart, uh, when when I get out of the the, the, the water here, I'm floundering, uh, and and I'm getting far closer to the median here. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, okay, that's our show. We will hopefully get some things back. Uh, that we can eventually land on by the time we got to do this by the time the season starts. It's training camp for everybody. You know, we're just getting the getting the ball rolling here. So thank you for hanging out. We'll be back on Sunday. We love you all. Have a great rest of your week. Peace out.